0: Welcome to the Gathering at Adell's Sermon of the Week. This message is by Pastor Jeff Hopkins. As you listen, we pray that you will be encouraged, empowered, and enriched. Thank you. God bless. We got, uh, what is today? We got this week and three more weeks, I think, of Summer in the Psalms is what it's called. Then after that, we will be going more than likely we'll, we will be going into Galatians and working our way through some things there. But Psalm 93, turn there if you have it. If you don't, it will be up on the screen for you. The Lord reigns. Let me say that. The Lord reigns. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed, enveloped in strength. The world is firmly established. It cannot be shaken. Your throne has been established from the beginning. You are from eternity. The floods have lifted up, Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their pounding waves. Greater than the roar of a huge torrent, the mighty breakers of the sea, the Lord on high is majestic. Lord, your testimonies are completely reliable. Holiness adorns your house for all the days to come. So, Father, we just come before you today You know more than anyone else here, Father, that I have nothing of value to offer. So will you just take these words and may you empower them by the Holy Spirit. To teach, to lead, to guide, to sharpen, to encourage. Father, we love you, we love you. In your name we pray, amen. here's Here's my quick summary. I always try to give one sentence. The Lord reigns. He is our firm foundation in a chaotic world. The Lord reigns. He is our firm foundation in a chaotic world. That one just sentence, the Lord reigns. Like it could just stop right there. Oh, can I do a disclaimer too? Because I know sometimes kids get loud. Like, hey, we're not bothered by kids. So, like, I know, like, hey, you might see people looking around and that. Man, we're not bothered by kids. Man, when you get to heaven, it's going to be loud with the sound of kids and so we just excited about that if that does bother you a little bit i apologize for that but really just try to dig in it does not distract me i might look over there but it does not bother me okay wherever the kids are no one else nothing else reigns the lord reigns from beginning to the end he reigns he's seated on a throne I mean, like, I love how the Lord is so good. Like, we're reading through this this week. And it seems like I come into, like, 19 different circumstances this week. And you know what my answer was? Man, the Lord reigns. Hey, but I don't have enough money for this. I'm like, yeah, I know, man. But you know what? The Lord reigns. Hey, well, what about this and what about that? Yeah, but the Lord reigns. Hey, I'm sick and I'm tired. And I go, man, me too. The Lord reigns. It's something that we struggle with, this whole idea of the Lord reigns. And I just want to spend just a moment, because you have the spectrum of the Lord reigns, and you have have on one end, you have like, man, God is completely sovereign, that everything that happens is by his hand, nothing, it was all predestined before the beginning of time. It doesn't matter what we say or do, it's just going to happen his way. Right? That, that's one far end of the spectrum. The other end of the spectrum is like, man, I have the power. You know, like, hey, it's me. I've been given that rule and that reign, and, but they take it even more further. And it's like, man, what I say goes. You know, hey, Jesus said if you forgive, forgive someone of their sins, they'll be forgiven. That's biblical. Then you, but you take it one more further and like you're like, yeah, it's me. You, you begin to puff yourself up with pride. And so you you have this whole realm, this whole spectrum. And man, you you know where I really find? I really find that it's just right there in the middle. Man, God is sovereign. He asks us, commands us to pray for one another, but it's not our job to heal. When we pray and they get healed, we give glory to God. When we pray and they don't get healed, we don't pout and throw a fit and go, Lord, what happened? What did I do wrong? You say, man, Lord, you are so good. Because on this spectrum, you can go, well, well, why should we even pray for someone? Because if they, if, they, if they were supposed to be healed, they would already be healed because it's the Lord's will. Or, or over here, it's like, no, hey, we're going to pray for this no matter what. And it's like, man, let's just, let's just come here and let's just settle on the fact that the Lord reigns. That when we pray for people, when we help people, when we counsel people, when we go and we evangelize, all we're doing is what we feel is obedient and all of the work is done by him. Like we we can leave our town country we can go on mission trips and man and it can be phenomenal but the second that we think that it's anything because that we've done because oh we gave up our time we gave up our comfort and we went over there and man we really pursued the lord and man that you're wrong the lord reigns all we do is we get to partner with him if he does it he does it if he doesn't he doesn't and it's not my job to question it it's my job to rejoice and say, man, Lord, I, you know, because we pray. We pray for healing. We pray for, for wisdom. We pray, Lord, uh, we, we have things that come our way, and it's like, oh, man, Lord, I really need to see your, see you move in this. And then, then it doesn't happen that way. And me and my wife just have to go, man, Lord, we love you. E- even when we didn't see what we thought we were supposed to see, you're still good. His name is everlasting. His throne never ends. Established at the beginning, rulers come and go, but the Lord reigns. Like One of the greatest ones is Nebuchadnezzar in the Bible. The the greatest warrior for the Babylonian Empire. He he was conquered and ruthless and, and expanded territory like nobody ever before. He reigned 43 years, and then he died. You have uh, Caesar Augustus, the Roman Empire. He was the uh, adopted son of Julius Caesar. He, uh, one thing that he did is on all of his coins, he would put, it would, it would be stamped, and, and on the bottom of it, it, at the top, it would say divinity, and on the bottom, it would say, son of god and he started the dynasty the roman di- empire the dynasty that that lasted hundreds of years he reigned 45 years it came to an end alexander the great never lost a battle 10 years never lost a battle he died at the age of 33 mysterious illness from the beginning of time, there have been rulers and kings and people seeking power. And their rule and their reign has a beginning and it has an end. It might seem like, man, it's never going to end where we are in this country. And man, America is by far the greatest country ever. But there may come a day where that rule and reign will end. And that does not change his throne. That does not change his kingdom. No one else and nothing else rules and reigns. He alone reigns. Like like we boil it all down to, and the Lord reigns. That key, that phrase is the key to understanding our place in this world. God is seated on his throne. No one's going to take him off of that. And he rules over all things with perfect wisdom and authority. He is the foundation that we build everything upon. He is our firm foundation. We can't build it on anything else, on our health, because that will fail. We can't build it on our wealth because it will not be enough at some point. We cannot build it on our reputation. We cannot build it on our kids. We cannot build it on anything else. He is our firm foundation because he alone rules and reigns. Anything else that we build on top of, anything else that we try to place above him will crumble at some point. He rules. He reigns. And here's, a, here's probably the most shocking one to you that might offend you. You do not. I do not. I want to. I want to be, you know, what are those sayings? You know, I'm the master of my own domain, the king of my own castle. I'm going to take charge, carpe diem. It's all up to me. I can do it. No way. You are not in charge. You are not the ruler of your own domain. The Lord reigns. He is our firm foundation in a chaotic world. The Lord reigns. He is, clo- he is robed in majesty. He is robed, enveloped in strength. The world is firmly established. It cannot be shaken. Your throne has been established from the beginning. You are from eternity. He reigns in majesty and strength and as a firm foundation. The problem that lies is when we build on something else. It will crumble. It always will. Because it was never meant to be built upon. I mean, it goes back to to one of the most simplest parables. You know, Jesus told on the wise and foolish builders. Build a house on rock. The wind and the storms came and it stood there. You build on sand. It cannot withstand it. Can I encourage you? One, one thing that for me that I've been having to do is I've been having to go, Father. Is there anywhere? Can, can I just tell you, like, like there, there's no. It's just me. Like, there's no like specialness about me. I know. I'm sorry for saying it that again, but like, all I can do is go, man. This is where where I'm going. Like, I've been having to spin this whole time, Father. Is there anywhere, anything this week that I've built myself upon? Any place that I've tried to find foundation other than you? Have, have I just relied on my own strength and my own ability to get me through everything that I need? Have I relied on on my own things? Is that my foundation and so my my question to you is, is he your firm foundation Can, can you say in every area of my life the Lord reigns because you can build almost every area in your life on a firm foundation but you you withhold one thing from him it'll cause it all to crumble i know for for me one thing that i'm really good at is compartmentalizing things putting putting different boxes and things in different boxes and it allows me to multitask and and do a lot of things at once maybe not well but at least i can do a lot of things at once you know i try, i think i'm doing them all well and then you realize well that's not well but what happens is certain boxes are not welcomed into other people's lives so you, so you have a for for me personally it was the box of our finances me and my wife were in a great spot, but there was this box that I wasn't telling her about. That I had, had just kind of kept some things over there. And when, when that box, you know, when, when she when she opened up that box and she saw, like, oh man, I think what happens sometimes is that we try to put things in boxes so that we can just put it there and forget about it, keep it separate. Eventually, you get so many boxes, it's hard to remember which one you put things in. My encouragement is to you, learn from me. Take all the lids off all the boxes. Don't hide anything. Don't, you know, I, you know, I would tell myself, oh, it's okay, I'll make it work. She doesn't need to know about that. She's got enough that she's dealing with all lies, all lies, that whether the enemy told me or I told myself, you know, like, okay. But at some point, at some point, that lid on that box is going to get opened. The, The Word says that everything that's done in darkness, what? Will be brought to light. And you don't get to choose that moment when it gets to be brought to light. You don't get to go... Right, file it all away, right before it's just a bunch of receipts in there, and then, oh, hey, file it away, bam. And then it's like, hey, babe, look at this. Look at how good we're doing. You know, I got it all together now. The Lord does it because he's gracious. He opens that box in the middle of the mess, and he's like, hey, hey, Lord, why don't you go take a look over there at that box? I need to show you something because I got to bring something about in your husband. But it's the same way with you guys. Like you have your own things that you're that that maybe it's not finances, but maybe maybe it's something else. And it's like, oh, I just want to keep that separate because we still feel like we're in charge. That that hey, it's my thing, it's not his. Can I say the Lord reigns? He is our firm foundation. Verse three, it says, "The floods have lifted up, Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their pounding waves, greater than the roar of the huge torrent, the mighty breakers of the sea. The Lord on high is majestic." the uh, The Jews, the Israelites, the people writing this, did not have a fond idea of the sea. They that we're, we're right here, it's like the floods have lifted up, Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods have lift up their pounding waves. They were not like sea people, there were other groups of people around them that enjoyed the sea, but but the Israelites did not. Everything that they knew of the sea was that it was chaotic, it was unknown, it was uncontrollable, like it was not something that they wanted to mess with. I mean, like if you look at their history, the only like you you start like, okay, what about the? right, you have the Red Sea. Yeah, they got to walk through it, but it swallowed up the Egyptian army. That's kind of terrifying. Then you have the story of Jonah in the well, and it's like, where was Jonah when he got swallowed by the well? In the sea. Let's stay out of that place. You know, like everything that they had was like, man, that's just not something we like. I mean, even you look where where Jesus, Jesus comes onto the scene, and they're, they're on a boat. I think this is in a Matthew chapter eight, I believe, uh, they're they're on a boat and the wind and the waves are getting really bad and they're they're crashing down and the disciples are freaking out. They run down. Jesus is asleep and they wake him up and they say, "Hey, are you just gonna let us die? Like we're in the middle of the sea. It's big. It's loud. It's crashing in on us. And you're just here. Don't you know we're in the sea? Remember the story of Jonah and the well. Like we don't want that." And Jesus says. Oh, you have little faith. He speaks to it and calms it. Or how about the story in Matthew 14 where, where Peter is out. You know, First, Jesus just feeds the 5,000. The, the disciples get in the boat. They're halfway across. They're about three miles out into the sea. And then Jesus, they see somebody walking across, which how awesome is that? Not just like to walk on water, but for Jesus to be able to say like, man, he is the Lord of the sea. Of anything that nature has, it was all created by him, for him, and through him. And so he's walking out there. He calls Peter out onto the sea. Peter steps out onto the sea. And it says that Peter was doing it until he looked and he heard the sound of the sea. He took his eyes off of Jesus and onto the sea. And he began to sink. And Jesus said, oh, you of little faith. And that's why it says right here, the floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their pounding waves. And I feel like for me, where the Lord was just kind of working in me this week as I was studying through this passage is, it says that when we allow the sound and sight of the flood, the water, the sea to take our focus off of Jesus, and they try to overtake us. There are so many things that are happening around us that... Their whole job is to take our focus off of him. As as I was looking, I felt like the Lord just went to that voice. The floods have lifted up, Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their pounding waves. And for me, I, I just felt like the three voices, it's not really pastor, like, hey, you got three points. I really wasn't trying to do that. I, I don't really enjoy that, but I ended up doing it. So maybe it's the Lord. But the first voice that I heard, it was the voice of the accuser. You know, it says in Revelation twelve ten, it says that, that the enemy accuses us before God night and day. Night and day, Satan accuses us before God. So for me, like one, one voice that causes me to lose my focus off of him is the voice of the accuser. He accuses me all day long. Oh, Jeff, you're not worthy. Jeff, you're not a good dad. Jeff, you can't provide enough. Jeff, you're not like this pastor. Jeff, look at this. Jeff, look at that. Who, who are you? Why do you think that you should be able to lead the church? Your wife would be better off without you. Your kids would be, be better off without you. Like, that's the voices going on in my head. So, like, when, I, when, I'm, t- when I'm telling you, like, I'm sharing, like, there's, I, I can't make this all fun and warm and fuzzy for you. Because that's just what is going on through me. So, I hope that you can learn from me and go, man, what voice, what is the accuser telling you? Because we're going to talk about how to, how to fight that, how to combi- combat that. But all day long, the the enemy is accusing me of things. The next voice is the the voice of my sin or the voice of my past. It's always great to have people here that know me from younger. But it's also not great. Because we have some there that knew me when I was not this guy. I was a punk, still am most of the time. But that voice of my sin and of my past constantly goes back through my head of, oh, you're never going to beat this. Look at that. You've been struggling with this for years. Why do you think you're going to get past it now? You see, the, the, the past will try to disqualify us. Not from a pulpit, but they will try to disqualify us from a relationship with God. But I, I have that voice of uh, of my sin, where it's like we all sin, we all fall short of the glory of God, but but it, it becomes that condemnation of like you're still struggling with this, you you, you still want to talk bad about people, you still don't have any self control, you still struggle with lying. You know, th- those are the, the voices that, that go, and, and that's not necessarily the accuser because those are, those are real things. It's not like the accuser's trying to get me to believe something. My past is just reminding me that it's still there. And then I think the, the last voice that I struggle with is, is my own voice where people go, oh man, Jeff, great job. You know, you get calm, Great job. Oh, you're so good. This, and not that a lot of people say that because they really don't, but like, hey, you're doing great on that. This, and you know, my response is in my head, it's yeah, but, and I have all sorts of arguments already to say that. The voice of my head goes, yeah, but you don't know this. Yeah, but I'm not that good. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but so I have the, I have the enemy accusing me and he's good at it. He's been doing it from the very beginning. He's been accusing me of all these things. I have my sin in my past. That's always before me. It feels like I, here's the thing. The Lord that remembers our sin no more. So the Lord's not bringing it back up saying, Hey Jeff, what about this bud? It's gone and it's clean. It, it, but it's still there. And then I have the voice of myself that, that is, is my worst critic. That, that It's like, hey, I don't need anyone to say anything bad about me because I'm already telling myself that. Here, here are just some quick things and then we're going to get to a family lunch and then we get to come and celebrate a wedding today, which is phenomenal, which y'all are all invited to stay with after lunch and then have cake afterwards. Here's how I combat that. Here, here's just from me. I have to take that thought captive. That's the first thing. 2 Corinthians 10, 5 says, take every thought captive, make it obedient to the will of Christ. So when I get that thought, if you don't take it captive immediately, it becomes, it it gets in your brain. Have have you ever known something is false, but yet you still struggle with it? Have you ever like, it's like, yeah, I know that. I know that. But yet my my heart still goes to a place that's not healthy, even though I know it. Whether it's somebody says something to me, and you're like, they they didn't mean it that way, or maybe they did, or whatever. like, hey, but I know that they're for me, or, or I know that the Lord is for me. But once it gets in my head, it's really hard to get it out. To believe it in my, to, to change that thought into my heart. If I believe it in my head, then my heart begins to go that way. That's why he says take every thought captive. Because once we know it, it's hard to unlearn it. Like, two plus two is four. You, you, you can't, like, I, I don't even have to think about it. I just know it. Like, what, I can't prove it. I mean, I know you can do that and prove it, but that still doesn't really prove anything because it's just all theories, whatever. We're not talking math. School starts in a couple of weeks. Forget that right now. But like, like, I know it, but it gets stuck in your head, and then your heart starts to believe it, and once your heart goes there, it's so hard. So my, my first thing is that whenever I begin to feel those thoughts, when Satan begins to accuse me, when, when my past... Be, comes back up into the present, and it's reminded, or I have that voice in myself that says, "Yeah, but this." Then I just have to say, "Man." And, and for me, like a lot of times, uh, one, one of the, the things that I that I struggle with is is not being not being enough, you know. So, uh, not being enough for my wife, not being enough for the church, not being uh, enough as a pastor, not being enough at work, and, and, like just struggle of that. And so, uh, which then combats itself in. I overcompensate for that, and I, I like to talk about how good I am at things, so that I never have to feel that I'm not worthy enough. And so, that which is wrong because it's puffing myself up. So what what I've had to learn is take that thought captive and go, man. If I was not enough, then Jesus would not have died for me. If I was not enough, then why would He call me His masterpiece in Ephesians two eight through nine right? Why would he say those things about me if I wasn't enough? And so, I've just begun to learn to to take that thought captive and begin to just uh, go back to the word on that. The other one is to not focus what is uh, not to focus on what is around you, but who is within you. It it doesn't matter what's happening on around me because of who is inside of me. Just even in one of those songs, and it's straight from Jesus, with the woman on the well. say, like, if you drink from me, then that well will never run dry. You'll have springs of living water flowing in you. The word says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And so I just have to begin to remind myself, it doesn't matter what's happening on around me. Because I have something far greater than that, and it's inside of me. I have to reset my focus. I have to draw near to him, though, in those moments where it's like, you can't just say it like, oh man, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Got it done. No, it's like, okay, but then let me draw close to him. Let me focus on him. Recognize the voice of the accuser. He is a liar. He's the father of lies. It says that every word that he says is a lie. He's been lying from the beginning. Don't allow that lie to take root. The enemy will remind us of our past. The Father will always speak to our future. Go to the Word. When I, when I begin to get these thoughts, and I, I'd go, man, let me just go to the Word. Let me see what this has to say. Because this is the truth. The, the voices in our head are what they want us to believe is the truth. But this is the truth of his word right here. And so when, whenever I get into those moments where at first it, you know, you, you're, you feel sorry for yourself, you go through the, the pity party of like, why would they think that about me? And then you're like, okay, but that's not the truth. I'm making that up. They didn't say those things. I've had that argument in my head, and they didn't even know that. Like, here we go. And so then I have to go back into his word and just begin to see the character and the, of, of who he is. And then I, I, then I'm able to get through that. And then lastly, as I just pray. Sometimes I don't even know what to pray, and I'm just like, man, Lord, I I just don't even know what to say, but I just give it all to you today. These thoughts are not my thoughts. These thoughts are not your thoughts about me. I'll say, will you just renew my mind to your thoughts about me? Can I see your goodness in this situation? When it feels like everyone's against me, can I see that where you're for me? And so... Those are things that, that I've just learned that, that are good to, because those floods are going to be there. The floods have lifted up, Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. They're going to be there at some point in your life. The voice of the flood and the waters are going to be there. And it's how, what do we do now to prepare for that? The Lord reigns. He is our firm foundation in a chaotic world. I'm going to end with this, man. He, he reigns. We we have this whole mentality of light versus dark and Star Wars and Avengers and superheroes and uh not to condemn any church that goes with Jesus as my superhero sermon series, uh, but I don't enjoy that personally because it's not, because it makes it look like it's actually a battle and it's like, oh, we gotta wait two and a half hours or what's the newest like. The gardens of the galaxy like 9 hours it felt like it was good but you know it's like we got to wait 9 hours and see what how is this going to turn out at the end can i say right now that the lord reigns it's not it's not a battle of good versus evil it's not a battle of like oh man what's going to happen the enemy is defeated like just because we're in a battle doesn't mean satan is actually have any power over us He's already been defeated. So we have to begin to walk in the manner that goes, that my mind agrees with that he's already defeated. Yes. When we come into that idea that he's already defeated, then, then it makes it so much easier. Playing sports growing up and even coaching, uh, that was always the hardest part is when you, you come up against, a, you, you're coaching a team and they, you know, pregame and they're watching the other team warm up and it's like, oh man, they're really good. You know what you should do right there? Just not even play the game because they've already lost. Because in their mind, they've already lost. They've looked at it. Man, they're really good. They're fast. They're strong. And they they begin to go, they're better than me. And they've already lost the game. Very rarely will you win a game if the team already thinks that that the other team is better. That's where we are. You know why we lose so many of our battles? Do you know why we give in to sin and to temptation, to addiction, to, to all of the things because we think that we've already lost, that we're powerless to it. Oh, this is just what I have to do. This is just me. Uh, my, I, I drink and my, my dad drank and my grandfather drank and his grandfather That's just who we are. And it's like, no, you've already lost that battle. Once you, once you be begin to believe that he's better than you, the biggest thing to remember is that the Lord reigns. He is our firm foundation. Can I say and just ask a question as we end? Is there a voice that you've been listening to that's caused you to doubt or question God? All all you have to do today is, as I pray, say, that's the voice. I recognize that as the enemy. I recognize that as not from the Lord. Repent. Renew my mind to that. And then the last one, it was from earlier. It says, have you built your foundation on anything else other than him? Do you believe that anyone other than him reigns? And are you living in a manner that shows that? So I'm just going to pray ask yourself those questions. If the Holy Spirit reveals it to you, respond accordingly and say, Thank you for your kindness and your grace and your mercy to bring me to this place. So, Father, we just thank you for your word. Thank you that we can open it up and, and it's alive and it's active. It's not just words on a page. They're actually there. It's the bread for us. And so, Father, we just come before you and we ask you those questions. Am I living my life in any way that shows that you do not rule or reign? Am I trying to rule or reign a certain area of my life apart from you? And, Father, is there any voice that I'm listening to that's not of you? Just take just a moment. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. What an honor it is to just open up his word. Can I encourage you this week to just, don't just be done, right? Okay, oh, all right, Psalm 93, it's done, we're over. But just say, Lord, was there anything else in there? Because what good is it if we just come here? You hear me talk, and you walk out the same person. What good is it if I prepare a message Walk out of here the same person that I walked in here as. That's fake. All right, you guys can head over to Fellowship Hall. We will begin lunch. Oh, hey, also there are, uh, I think up here, let's see if there's an announcement. Pool party for uh, our youth as we get started with that. Uh, August 12th, it's uh, next Saturday from 12 to 4 at the Keels house. Kelly, raise your hand. There, Eric. Her husband, whoop, there it is. All right, uh, there is a flyer postcard thing out there. If you have a youth-age kid, grab that flyer. Please make plans to attend that. I think there's something else. We have volleyball night. It's actually like volleyball night in the afternoon from 3 to 6, volleyball night during the day. So whatever. Night just sounds better. Like maybe we can trick you to come in and it won't be 114 degrees. (laughs) Uh, and so that's September the 16th. And then we start Wednesday night services up here, September the 6th. We'll have some more info about that next Sunday. Love you guys. Go eat. And then we will come back over here for, to celebrate Clinton and Courtney. And then we have some cakes for after that. If you don't stay for wedding, you don't get cake. Yeah. That's the rule of the house, all right? Your love me.